and welcome to this Erwin Mitchell podcast. We're here to keep you up to date with legal and financial news that matters to you. My name is Zara Babani and I'm a partner at Erwin Mitchell. I'm in the hot seat today. And today's topic on the table is the role that counselling and coaching can play in wills and trust disputes and in estate planning. So there's a lot there and we're going to unpack it today. And to help me do that are my colleagues from Erwin Mitchell, Elliot Booth, Nicola Hawkins and Vicky Lambert. Thank you all for joining me today. So if I could start, I think it'd be good to for the listeners to really know and understand and appreciate what your roles are. So Elliot, if you could tell everybody a little bit about what you do on a day-to-day basis. Uh, thanks, Zara. Um, I, I'm Elliot. I'm a solicitor in the Will Trust and State Disputes Department. Uh, as the name suggests, uh, I deal with will, trust and state disputes. So that can be situations where um, there have been situations where someone's made a will, they might lack capacity or they might be subject to undue influence by family members. Um, and as a result, their will might not be valid in law. Um, there might also be situations where people have uh, maybe not sought advice in the estate planning process or have sought the wrong advice and They've not made adequate provision for members of their family. So we see that quite commonly in situations where uh, people get married later in life. They perhaps have families of their own already um, and they make provision for their children rather than their spouse, um, because a lot of the assets may be sort of pre-existing their marriage. Um, And the overall overriding reason why disputes happen in the first place and why I have to get involved is because often there is just a breakdown in trust and communication between members of a family. And that's usually where we get to a point where the uh, where it escalates into a dispute. They're quite difficult and thorny issues, Elliot, really. They are, absolutely. And it's it's a very it's a very emotional process. And 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 hopefully that's something we can discuss a bit more today. Absolutely. And let me pull out the themes there. Trust and communication. I think that's going to be a real theme for today. Nicola, Mm. coming on to you, please tell everybody what you do and how it differs from what Elliot does. Thank you, Sarah. So, yes, I am an associate solicitor in the lifetime and estate planning team in Chichester. I'm seeing clients throughout across the South Coast um, and also in London. And where I differ is that I deal with all aspects of estate planning. So I deal with the wills, the powers of attorney, and of course, the probate. So the non-contentious side of things. see a lot of clients who need hand-holding and who actually often require additional support. And that probably is where Vicky, as a counsellor and coach, is going to come in and support our clients further. So again, you're seeing people under sometimes extreme amounts of pressure or in very difficult times of their lives, Nicola. Yes, often facing terminal illnesses or facing diagnosis of things like dementia or Parkinson's that really come in to, you know, show actually how emotional um, those diagnoses can be. Yeah, so it's really, this is really already telling me you both deal with whilst you're lawyers you're dealing with people in high states of stress and serious emotional issues and difficulties vicky tell everybody what you do hi thanks zara um i'm uh, vicky lambert the client counselor for emmett mitchell i was brought on board initially to support clients within the family team but now i see i can see clients from within other areas of business and i can also see clients external to the business as well now so it's basically really now a standalone counseling service Great. And clearly you're going to come in 
and really kind of balance almost the law, really. You know, we're giving legal advice to clients, but they actually need much more than that, don't they, on many occasions? Oh, definitely. As you know, as Elliot and um, Nicola have clearly illustrated, we're dealing with human beings here. It's, you know, yeah. and there's lots going on within the lives, not just, the, you know, disputes that they're mentioning or estate planning. And so, you know, it's not always possible for the lawyer to be able to support the client in certain circumstances. So it's really an enhancement to what they're providing. You're so right. We're dealing with human beings. It's not just transactions. It's not just a legal case. It's so much more than that. So, Elliot, in your experience, and you started to talk about, you know, disputes that do arise in wills and trusts. I mean, why do they arise and, and how can Vicky help your clients through this process? Yeah, I, you, you raised some very good points, Vicky, about um, the, the, the the situation that we often come into a process it's very high emotions high stakes so you've not only having people grieving the death of a loved one but they're also uh, dealing with the the worry and stress of potentially having a a real financial hardship placed on them by the uh, by the dispute itself so when I had when I raised the situation before about uh, spouses who maybe are not given adequate provision in their um, others in their deceased spouse's will. Uh, there can often be situations where they're, you know, faced with uh, homelessness because the, the ownership of the property goes to uh, the, the their, their late spouse's children um, and they might hold the purse strings, so to speak, as to what can happen um, to them. So it, it's that feeling of a loss of control as well, which I think is what why people come to us and they have that kind of it's a real it's a time of distress for a lot of people and Elliot, they must feel angry as well not just you know they're not they've not been provided for they must feel angry as well as stressed and upset and, and lost mm. there's a definite sense of injustice that people feel and um you often well, i often find clients sort of asking the question you know what have I done you know why why has this happened oh. could I have could I have done anything differently could I have done anything more or really you know what 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 could have been done differently and and sometimes if like you say if they've not been um given uh adequate provision in a will or they've been left out of a will altogether um they can often find themselves re-evaluating the whole relationship they had with that family member which can be really difficult to process and it's yeah. and it's not something that we as solicitors are really trained or equipped to deal with we obviously we have to have empathy but you still have to remain objective in how you give advice and a lot of the problems that people come to us with are so tied up in these kind of old sometimes old wounds that are being reopened uh, sometimes these are kind of comes a total surprise to people and they're kind of left questioning a lot of things the impact it has on people is is that they uh, impact how they can approach the problem that's put before them it's not just the problem i would say Elliot. life you know for some of yes. them i think it stops them doesn't it stops them dead in their tracks and mm. it's how do they move forward in its entirety so how do you see vicky being able to help your clients through this process and how do you balance that with what you're doing as well for them so i think having somebody there who's on hand to navigate the really difficult emotions that arise not just from the dispute but from the things they might be dealing with in their past um will give them the space and ability to consider the advice that I'm giving them as their solicitor um, 
which might not always be advice they want to hear, but it might well be advice that's in their best interests and might actually be the best way forward in in, in our view. Um, and it how, giving the people the ability to uh, offload, if you like, to someone who is trained to deal with and process those difficult um, feelings and, you know, lots of lots of horrible things that can happen in people's childhoods and in and in later life as well it really colors how people approach these things and sometimes it can almost uh it can almost kind of overwhelm the the issues yeah. that are actually in 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 dispute and it can not not almost cloud somebody's judgment in a way because there's this there's this real sense of injustice and i think having somebody within Erwin Mitchell who is on hand and accessible is it makes it so much easier to make that introduction because I know from personal experience when I've sought counselling in the past and had real benefits from that the process of actually choosing and looking for a counsellor that that you know understands the sort of problems you're going through can be really overwhelming can be really difficult to just to motivate yourself to do that. So having someone so close to um someone so close to but ultimately separate from the legal side of things, uh, who's who's sort of all under one umbrella, I think would be just invaluable for for for, for many of my clients. And I think that's what we've done here at Owen Mitchell is to think about what else can we do for the clients, for their journey, for their experience. And thank you for sharing there, Elliot, about how you've personally found benefit from counselling. Vicky, Mm. I want to bring you in here. So you've heard what Elliot says about his clients and what he does for them and, and how he deals with it. Where do you see that you can add value here? I really like what Elliot said about about clients being overwhelmed and you know it's it's a proven fact when we're overwhelmed our brains don't function how we want them to function so we can have the best legal advice in the world we can turn it to meetings you know receive information by email but none of that information is going to be able to be processed because they're very stuck you know we're talking about really complicated grief here grief's hard enough but when we've got other things at play, you know, complicated family relationships, breakdown in, in families, you know, there's some of the older stuff that um, Elliot was talking about around, you know, early childhood experiences. These can all have an adverse effect on current decision making. Quite rightly said, you know, having the legal service for the clients to give them the best service from that point of view, but also having someone that's accredited counsellor who's trained, who's trauma-informed, totally separate. I don't talk to the lawyers, they don't talk to me. So the clients can be assured they're receiving support from somebody who is trained and has an, an understanding of the legal service as well, can be highly beneficial. No, absolutely. And and Elliot, you do, uh, you do court work, obviously. You see clients going through the court process. Mm. And can you see benefit there with Vicky adding value for, because being in court, one of the most traumatic experiences that can happen to anybody. Um, I don't think we ever say to a client that, hey, look, it's going to be a court day and it's all going to be fine. A court day is always difficult, in my opinion. Mm. So do you see value there with Vicky being joined in that process and supporting a client through actually a court process? Absolutely. And and a court, the court process and court proceedings, it's not just the day in court. It's the build up to it as well. Yeah. Um, we lawyers know that preparing for a court case and preparing for a hearing is a very, very pressurised situation. And you're often faced with very tight deadlines. And often uh, you will get 
um, spanners being thrown in the works by your opponents um, or by other people involved in the process. And you have to be able to consider quite a lot of information that's often quite, and for, for lay people, for, for members of the public, is extremely, it's almost alien in levels of, yeah. levels of how complicated it is. Um, you've got to process that information. You've got to make decisions very, very quickly. And the, the amount of pressure that's on you is so immense. So like I, you know, it, it can be, it's enough pressure for, for the solicitors involved. I can't begin to imagine how, how stressful it must be for those who it's directly affecting the yeah. and then obviously preparing for a uh, an actual hearing itself people going into a courtroom is it's is such a again it's it's something that most people will, will never do in their lives and people associate court with you know formality they associate it almost with you know with the criminal justice system which is not yeah, not what i deal do. with but they but they they're they're very very nervous about going into just the the build the, the courthouse itself, um, and and having we can obviously guide them to an extent about procedure, but and what to expect on the day. But in terms of processing how they feel and how they're going to come across or how they are going to express themselves, that's something that that we obviously can't have much of an impact on it's 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 not no, really something think, we can help with as much well it's interesting isn't it Elliot you say that I think to a certain extent lawyers are part counsellors as well whether we like mm. it or not that's partly what we do but mm. Vicky coming in on that you know like I'm saying we are part counsellors but we're not trained you know we mm. do this because we care about our clients and we want to support them not just legally but emotionally but what do you bring to the table there then particularly through the court process yeah, so um, he raises, Elliot raises really valid points there. Um, I have worked with clients where um, they have had to attend court, clients where that are perhaps not serving themselves in the best light in court. I understand they're going through this ho huge gamut of emotions, but on the day, it's really important that they you know, present themselves in the best light. So for me, it would be working with a client beforehand. You know, Elliot was right. It's not just about the day itself. It's the build up to it. Yeah. You know, so maybe have a session before the day before to work on what they're doing that day, that evening, how they're preparing, you know, sleep and eating, you know, fundamental things. And then about the actual day, the support they take, you know, people that they can take to court, family members with them, you know, to have some support in place. And also it's really important to help them unpack afterwards to unpick, yeah. you know, the process of what happened. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Does it matter whether it's a good day or a bad day? No. Or it's still, it's still an emotionally draining day. Mm. Yes, and it, you know, you're you're perfectly right. It's very draining the whole process. Mm. So to have someone that can support them alongside, and it, this in turn is supporting the lawyers. We mustn't forget about that. The reason you know I'm in house as well is because you know, all of this, some of the stuff that Nicola and Elliot listen to day in and day out is very draining and can be traumatic. So to to be able for them to, to you know, to, to present that to somebody else and to, to take that from them, who's trained and can support it, can free them up emotionally and they're more able to do their work to a higher standard. Guys, I think this is a really important topic that we're talking about here today because we often talk about the law. Now we've got to talk about the emotion. Nicola, let's bring you in here. Um, you you see you see things from a different angle from from the contentious side that Elliot sees when they're arguing over things. What are you seeing, and what kind of emotional challenges are you finding that clients are going through? 
So I, of course, see people when they are recently bereaved, um, when they're coming in to talk about estate administration, they've lost a loved one, often perhaps a spouse that they've been married to for 70 years and their whole world has just fallen apart. Um, And that's where I think a lot of people would see counselling services coming in into the estate planning team, because that is a a cry out for help. That is a cry out for, for support and additional support. And of course, as you rightly said, Zara, you know, we often are part time counsellors as lawyers, but we are not trained. So often in that first meeting, when they come in to talk about probate, I often speak to them about their loved one and, you know, their life together. But at the end of the day, there's only so much time and we have to talk about the legal factors. So at that point, to be able to refer them to Vicky would be really, really beneficial. Yeah, no, I can see that. And and Vicky, in that's that's trauma isn't it on a different level you know grief the loss of a loved one what Nicola is talking about there is I mean how do you even start how do you unpack that and what support do you give in those sorts of scenarios I loved what Nicola said about you know share you know having time to spend with a client talking about their loved one because often they don't get talked about, do they? You know, it's almost like the funeral's over and that's it. People are supposed to get on with their lives, but actually it's not that easy. And, you know, even if you've been married to somebody for 70 years, there may be things about that relationship that you want to unpick, you know, some of the, you know, happier times, some of the times that have not been as, you know, well-liked in your relationship and things. So, you know, relationships are are hugely complex. You know, it's not black and white, you know, just because somebody's died, it's, it doesn't mean, you know, that we're there's weeping and wailing almost. There's, there can be anger in there. There can be lots of things. And, you know, the knock-on effect with family members, friends, it, it, it can be hugely triggering for people. And, and Vicky, you're right, aren't you? It's not just about the individual that walks through the door. Nicola, I'm sure you'll find that there's a wider remit and a wider family. And maybe there's one person within the family carrying all that. And and that's exactly it. We find time and time again that often even so, even if it's both parents have died and it's children, often one child takes the lead. They're the ones that are dealing with the paperwork and they feel an immense sense of responsibility. And often when they've gone through the estate administration process, that's actually when they start grieving. But of course, by then, everybody else has, in the loosest sense of the word, moved on on. and they need support. And and again, there's always a baggage of emotions. Every every personality within a family is different. Um, and having had some brief counselling myself, I know the importance of having spoken to somebody that one step removed, that person who doesn't have that emotional baggage with the relationships and the family, who can take the objective approach and actually provide some guidance to you. Do you know, and I'm really grateful to you guys, Elliot, Nicola, for, for sharing that you both have some counselling, because it's not something we all, I have as well in, in certain times in my life. And it's not something people easily share. But I would suggest, isn't it hugely powerful to say to a client, I've had this, I found some benefit. Would you like to try it? Because I, I, I don't know what you guys think, but people, when you say it to them, they don't always want to take it on board. They say, no, 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 no. I'm very British, isn't it? I don't I don't think mm-hmm. that's what I want to do. I, I think that's completely correct, Zara. I think there's still that taboo around actually asking for help, asking for support from a mental health, um, you know, person to to actually take counselling. Um, but actually, it is is massively, massively beneficial, and especially around grief because grief doesn't come with a manual. And there seems to be a lot of anticipation that you know, ah, uh, well, you know, my my friends told me that once the funerals happened, I should just be moving on with my life. But actually whether it's a day, whether it's a month, a year or 10 years, you're still continually grieving and everybody grieves in their own way. So to have that objective approach 
um, and speak to that objective person, I think is really, really important. And Nicola, you deal with so many other things. You've talked there about the loss of a loved one, but you can lose loved ones in so many different ways, can't you? Because these days we're learning more and more about dementia and how that really takes somebody away from you. Tell me more about that. And that's that's really important, Zara, because actually we see sometimes clients actually lose a family member before they've actually died. Um, so I've seen clients who their family members have been diagnosed with something like dementia, for example, or Parkinson's and capacity to deteriorate. And all of a sudden they become a full time carer rather than a spouse or a child to a parent or a sibling. And, and they're caring for that person and their life has constantly changed. And especially if it happens at a younger age. So I had a client who had been diagnosed with dementia in their early 60s. And all of a sudden their spouse was saying, but my next 20 years, the rest of our lives are now going to be very different. We had all these plans for our retirement that now won't take effect because his capacity has deteriorated and I'm now his carer. And actually, she needed to grieve that life. She needed to grieve what would have been rather than what they're facing. Um, and I think that's really hard. And also for the person living with dementia, I think actually having some counselling when they're faced with that diagnosis might be really important because they're facing a loss of independence. They're facing a reality that actually at some point they might not know who their friends and family are. They might have to have everything done for them. They're no longer going to just be able to get in the car and drive themselves. Um, and again, life is very different for them. And, and Vicky, I mean, just so many different types of trauma really here that Nicola is talking about. And I can imagine maybe perhaps, Nicola, you might refer somebody who doesn't really think, well, I haven't got the time or I'm too angry or I'm not ready. Vicky, how do you open up? How do you get people like that to open up when they're they're not sure about counselling? They're, they're grieving, they're struggling, they're angry. How do you... What do you, how do you work with them? How does it work? Well, everybody can have a free one hour session so they can come along and meet me and try it out for size because it, it's the relationship is key in therapy. It's not about how what you do, the you know, the, the different techniques you have, it is about building this rapport and relationship with somebody to, to support and to gently challenge where necessary. So, to come along and meet me to try it out for size and to really ins- ins- you know, reassure a client that. It is very client led. If they want to talk about the immediacy, what's going on at the moment, that's fine. We don't have to delve into the past if they don't want to do. We can if they would. They might want to deal with the here and now and think about the focus about the future. And it can, the client can access it at any time. They can be, you know, have it at the beginning when they've had a diagnosis or, you know, they've recently heard about a relative that they're going to have to support. They can have it going through process, through the court process. They can have it at the end. Because if you imagine when, the you know, maybe they're... Um, the dispute's been settled, say, for instance, yes. you know, and Elliot disappears from their life because the work's done. It's almost like, well, there's another loss there. They've had this relationship with somebody, who's a pseudo counsellor, um, and now they've got nobody. So it's like, well, then a client could maybe take up the offer of a free session mm-hmm. and to, to look mm-hmm. about what their life can look like. Because Nicola, you know, hit the nail on the head, really, when she said about we all have this perception of what our life is going to look like you know, in five, 10, 20 years time. But actually the reality of that can be very different for for a lot of people. And having, you know, a space to explore about the, the loss of what that would have looked like. But there is always an option B. And to, you know, to work with a client to understand, you know, to understand the resilience that they have and they don't really always recognise this about what the future and how they can, you know, really shape that again. 
can make a I real like difference. I like what you talked about. Yeah, no, I like what you've talked about, Vicky, because it is a client's choice. A, it's a choice whether you want mm. to do it or not. But at Irwin Mitchell, we're saying we want to give you more options and offer you something that can support and dovetail with our legal services and really complement the legal services, if you like. And what I like about what you've said, Vicky, is the client's in control. You know, they can come see you. They don't have to carry on with it. The chemistry matters and they can choose what they talk about, when they talk about it and almost how they talk about it. Have I got that right, Vicky? Oh, definitely. It's always very client led. You know, the client is at the centre of all of this. And it's, you know, one size does not fit all. Everybody will want something different. They may want counselling. They may want some coaching, you know, working on, you know, their strengths and their growing edges, you know, areas that they'd like to develop. But what's the difference then? Let's do, let's let's stop. Pause there, Vicky. What's the difference between coaching and counselling? So counselling, in essence, really helps an individual deal with um, maybe emotions that are happening at the moment. They may be impacting their daily life. They may have very fixed patterns of behaviour that they can't always see that's impacting on, you know, um, how they address issues. Um, So really, it's to really support the client emotionally around um, whatever's going on for them at the moment to really help them truly understand the part that they play in that as well. And that, and that could be trauma, the trauma of some legal case they've got at the moment. Yes, or anything else that's going on in their lives because we Ooh. know we can have a legal dispute going on in the world, but that doesn't mean to say there's something not happening at work or in our intimate relationship. Maybe those areas need addressing so that we can turn up and meet our solicitor and get on with the job in hand. Coaching is more solution focused. So someone may have... Um, an idea of a goal they want to achieve you know we talked about you know somebody coming out of a dispute what their new life is going to look like they may think by 2030 I want my life to look this way so we would sit together and work out well how are we going to how are you going to achieve that what strengths do you bring to that already what are your the areas of your life where you need some support around growing to uh, to be able to achieve these goals and the beauty of the service is you don't have to say I'm having counselling or I'm having coaching. More often than not, within a session, we can it have be a, a blend of the two. And I was about to say the same. I've I've had sort of counselling and coaching and the two go really hand in hand. I actually think you need both in order to be able to process any emotional situation, um, because the counselling, as you say, Vicky, deals with very much about the emotion and sort of processing that emotion, understanding why you're feeling that way. But often the coaching is the one that provides the solution on, well, okay, I now understand why I feel that way, but how do I actually now deal with that? How do I cope in everyday life now and and be able to deal with the court case in hand or deal with my, you know, caring for my loved one? No, that's really important. Elliot, come in. What's your thoughts? I I was just going to add that the the point you made about giving the client control over a situation, especially from my perspective, working in disputes, where you are very much not in control of the situation is very it's it's the most valuable I think the most valuable thing that you can offer really is to give obviously we we can't we can't give people control of the dispute resolution process but we can give people control of their lives in other areas and if they feel they've got control over that area they feel more able to tackle and face up to other other adversities that arise such as you know court proceedings where you know you can make decisions but they're not always going to turn out the way that you might want them to and and I think another point which I thought was quite uh, interesting as well from the coaching side of things looking at um, solutions and especially after a dispute 
finishes and sometimes you'll find a situation where um you you have to adapt quite considerably to new circumstances where you maybe you had to accept a compromise rather than what you really really wanted um which is very very common especially in this area like uh, cases of this nature quite rarely do they go all the way to a contested court hearing and very rarely do you have a situation where the the, the, the position you're claiming for is the exact position that you end up with. And so you're going through the process with quite a lot of expectations and quite a lot yeah. of you're almost trying to forward plan and you're doing those kind of what if scenarios. And when things don't turn out necessarily how you planned, sometimes that can be a real shock for people. I know I'm guilty of it in my own life. I I love to plan ahead and I love to almost <laughs> rehearse how things are going to go. But what I've learned, especially in this job, is that nothing ever really does go to plan. Things happen. Things are unexpected that crop up. And you've you've just got to find the resilience to deal with it. And and that's where I think coaching and and to to a, to a, also a, to another extent counseling will would be really, really beneficial um in 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 our context yeah. at least. And I think what we're all talking about here is and what we believe at IM is a holistic approach for clients. So mm. your trusted advisor in terms of the talented lawyers that we have, but also the complimentary service of you, Vicky. But I think what you're saying, Vicky, as well, is it doesn't matter whether you've got a legal case with us or not. You know, if you're a member of the public who needs some coaching or counselling and you have no idea where to be in or start, they can contact you. They can come to you and find you and have a session with you for free, even if they're not a client of the firm. Is that right? That's exactly right, Zara. We, you know, we're so fortunate now. We've, we've got this service we can offer it to our, to our clients, but also external to clients. Um, anybody and anybody really, our intermediaries, our family, our friends. Um, yeah, for anybody can come along, have a free session, get in touch and meet me. And we can take it from there to see exactly what they need. That's, I think that's really helpful. So, Elliot, what you know, you've met Vicky, you've talked to Vicky, you understand. Do you think you're going to be um, recommending clients more regularly in terms of counselling? Do you think all your clients could benefit from this? How do you, how are you going to take this forward? I mean, I think that everybody to differing extents could benefit from counselling or coaching. Everyone has, has emotions and feelings that they find difficult to process. No one is immune from it. And I would support any opportunity for anybody, be that my clients or otherwise, to to have have a a chance to discuss and and process those feelings with with someone like Vicky. And and I think yes, where where it's appropriate, where um where the clients are receptive to the idea, then then absolutely I would recommend Vicky's services. Yeah. And I and I obviously it's their choice. I can't you know I can't I can't force them <laughs> and not but, we want to would we Elliot I mean we're about no, choices but I think it's clients not, yeah. knowing and it's our job as lawyers within this firm to give them the choices and say not only do you have these options we can help provide an option for you and also I think the fact that they can essentially have a, a chemistry test with Vicky to see if yeah. the chemistry works and if it doesn't work they might want to look elsewhere and that's absolutely a matter for them we want to help clients on a journey so mm. 
Nicola, what, what's your takeaway from this, really, when you're thinking about your practice and speaking to your colleagues? And I know you spent some time with Vicky. What's your takeaway? What advice would you give to the listeners in terms of who might be thinking about counselling or have never thought about it at all before? I would say give it a go. I think, every, as Elliot said, everybody could benefit from counselling and coaching. So I would say give it a go. Get rid of the stigma around around the idea of asking for help, asking for support and counselling services, because it's only the same as sort of going to to a GP when you're not feeling very well. It's a good thing to do. Um, and actually, a friend a friend was recently bereaved, and she's already only a couple of weeks in decided to go and see a, a counsellor. And she said, "You know what? I think prevention is better than than a cure. It's better to go now." and and get some support immediately rather than getting into a mess further down the line and I thought that was a really good way of of looking at it actually that actually just going and speaking to to a counsellor or a coach can be just really beneficial to stop yourself getting into a mess further down the line so I would say go for it I would definitely be recommending Vicky to my clients because I think she can offer a valuable service um, in supporting them through making will or making powers of attorney when faced with terminal diagnosis or a diagnosis of dementia and also supporting families when they've when a loved one has died um, and having met Vicky I would be very comfortable in her supporting my clients. Thank you Nicola. So Vicky if you know people are out there and thinking this is all good and well I haven't got the time or I haven't got the energy or I don't know how to make this work. What advice would you give to them? How do they do it? How do they prioritise? How do they take that brave, bold step to contact you or another counsellor? I think you make an important point there, Zara, because I think the biggest challenge to people is that first initial step saying, I think I could do with some support. I'm with Nicola on this one, you know, around a prevention better than, than cure. I, you know, I've been in therapy for years with my you know with a therapist because of the job I do but actually from my point of view it's personal development it's not just about you know a dealing with things when you're in crisis if you're having regular therapy anyway um, you really understand yourself so you can better um, support yourself when difficulties arise but yes it's the hardest part is reaching out and so they can do that. They can reach out. You know, they can either reach out through their lawyer. The lawyer can make an introduction to me. They can get in touch and they don't even have to mention to the lawyer that they're seeing me. I won't be speaking to the lawyer or anybody external to the firm can come and have a chat with me. We can have an informal discussion for up to an hour for free. So they have a sense of what's involved and what they might need. And that they don't have to run with it straight away. As we said before, they can come later down the line when they finish their case or, in you know, as and when they need it it's not a rigid we come at the same time every week that's not necessarily you know has to be done that yeah. way these days so yeah it's really up to the client to just you know to raise a hand and say you know I could do with support or somebody to, to say to them you know to the lawyer even you know I noticed you know we've touched on this a bit before I can see that you're struggling it's not you know it's not a criticism I just really want to support you in the best way possible to just keep reminding the client of what is available to them really I think the key here is communication. And if you're struggling or going through some any sort of trauma, whether we've talked about that particular trauma or not today, if you're going through something, reach out, ask for help, ask for support. And if you see somebody who needs that help and support, suggest some counselling because we want to help people. And there are a lot of people out there who need help and there are others who want to provide it. So I think the important message to give to people is it's good to talk and find the right person. 
Thank you all for today. That's been incredibly insightful and helpful and hopefully really helpful to our listeners. Thank you for listening to the Sermon Mitchell podcast. If you found it interesting, then do join us for our next episode. Goodbye for now.